0: The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests as individuals and do not necessarily reflect those of advertisers or sponsors. This show is intended as education and commentary only. The producers strive for verisimilitude, but nothing said on this podcast should be taken as fact by the listener or viewer without performing due diligence. While generally considered safe for work by way of content, some language may be considered offensive by more sensitive viewers or listeners all right cans on mic's up level's good you got me over there all right let's roll
1: this is booth to booth your direct line to the latest in home voiceover production with your favorite home vo experts throughout the industry across the internet and all around the world booth to booth is brought to you by the Narrowband broadcast network nbbn the focus is on you. By Andrew Scott Media, making your media matter. By Booth Stuff, unique VO fashion and swag that's as loud and proud as you are. And by the kind support of our viewers and listeners all around the world via Kofi, Kofi, helping you give back to the creators that help you the most. The session clock is running and all the mics are hot. So let's patch in and get this session started. Here's your host, VO coach, narrator and producer, Andrew Scott. And hello and welcome back to Booth to Booth, the big little show all
0: about VO. I, of course, am Andrew Scott. And today I have an extra special treat as we roll towards Halloween. I have the author of VO 101, and also more VO less BS, a beginner's guide to voice acting. The voiceover vixen, the Maven of the mic, everybody's favorite booth witch and fire starter, Gabrielle Nistico. Gabby, how you doing? Thanks Hello. for joining us.
2: Thank you. Oh my God, what a great intro! Holy crap, I love that.
0: Not my first rodeo. It's about my no, 13th. I see that. Yeah, Man. but um, wow, yeah. Thanks for joining us on Booth to Booth. I've been wanting to talk Absolutely. to you pretty much ever since I got into this business.
1: Oh. So um. Yeah.
0: There you is. And, uh, you know, let's start off. We always start off with somebody new on the show, uh, with a bit of an origin story. As you know, we were talking at the beginning of the show, we're both weird people and we do a weird thing, but how did you get into this weird world?
2: So I was an aspiring slash quasi working actor as a kid in, in and around Manhattan. And I, uh, at a very, very young age, fell in love with radio and with broadcasting. And I was obsessed with all the the DJs at the, the big New York radio stations. Um, I started interning at a station. I kind of worked my way up in my teenage years. And yeah, by the time I was in my early 20s, um, I had done it done a decent bit in radio and I was getting a little mm, disenchanted with it and so voiceover kind of was always there it was always like right behind Mm -hmm. and um I ended up uh in the big the the writer's strike the big writer's strike in the 90s I ended up getting hired to do some voiceover work and um yeah, got the check and went. Wow, how do I do more of this <laughs> and right? less of that? <laughs> and,
1: yeah.
2: and and that was pretty much it. That became the singular pursuit. After it, yeah.
0: And so you came in kind of like I did, where we were kids, we were raised on radio, and there was yeah. that magic voice in your head at night oh coming God out of God. the transistor under your pillow, and you're it like, was, yeah. I want to. How do you? How do you do that? Somebody's getting paid to do that. I want they that. Lived by my stereo.
2: I mean, it right. was always, you know, I always had blank cassettes to, you know, record the most random things. And right. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. Mm-hmm. I can,
0: I can, I can, I can feel you being a mixtape queen. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
2: For sure. There's still a few in existence. They're floating around. We don't talk about
0: it. <laughs> okay. <really>. Fair <laughs> enough. How did you wind up transitioning over to indie work yourself?
2: Um, so really, you know, I was so young and I didn't know what I didn't know. So I just was very tenacious and persistent and I kept knocking on doors and I kept talking to people and I probably made an ass out of myself more times than I could count.
0: Sometimes it gets um, the job done.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I just sort of kept at it. And in, in and again, yeah, like like everybody else, I had the ups and downs, the discouraging moments, the you know, what, what, what am I doing? And yeah. You know, But um, I started to, I think, really the smartest thing that I ever did in relation to this industry is that I started to realize I have to learn the back end. I have to learn, you know, how it all comes to pass. And so I started doing part-time gigs at recording studios and uh, ad agencies and as a copywriter and kind of, you know, taking those parallel skills and those related areas and, and just understanding it more, um, just having practical knowledge. And that really is, is sort of what catapulted me forward because I was able to look at copy differently. I was able to look at the the post-production process, even just the, the live recording process, totally differently than a lot of people were.
0: And I think, you know, that's something that I try to reinforce to people a lot that, for one reason or another, I think is kind of unpopular. And that is, I found in my decade plus as full-time and 30 plus years on and off, um, the people who are most successful, independently successful in this business are people who have deep institutional knowledge of the back end stuff yeah. and yeah. are, we're Jacks and Jills of all trades. The more you know about the mechanics of how does a voiceover go yeah. from somebody's need an idea to mm-hmm. a recording, that gives you such an edge. Yeah. You, you have so much more capacity to make something happen.
2: Absolutely absolutely i wouldn't trade any of that for anything um, i even went so far i worked at one point at uh muzak which is the company that literally sure. the original elevator music people you bet if i and, if i can
0: pull it off and post i'll have some playing underneath it yeah, right there you now. Go. yeah you know <laughs> uh,
2: you know i worked there for a while and and um, i remember when i worked with them they approached a couple of staff members and said, hey, we've, we've got this opportunity to send some people to go to the radio ranch out in California. And I was like, yes. Right. <laughs> so, you know,
0: yeah. Over your shoulder on the, the way out the door. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. I was like, oh, Dick Orkin. OK, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was that it was just really being a geek about the industry. And, and yeah. I tell people it all the time. I'm like, if you're not willing to geek out on this, don't do it. Don't. It's and, not worth it.
0: And I find, and I'm glad you used the, the, the it's not a pejorative, kids. Uh, geek, be proud. Um, Absolutely. Where It's so easy to be a geek or a nerd about our technology in this business. Our microphones, yes. our interfaces, all this stuff. I'm with you. I want to be a nerd about the deep esoteria of what we do. That's why yes. the, the first... The first four chapters of my book uh, is, is talking about where, where this industry came from. Who are mm-hmm. we attached to? Who are the, you know, Gary Owens from Laughing, right? Or, you know, of course, Don LaFontaine, all those big names. Don Pardo, those, that's where our industry was born. And if you Mm -hmm. don't understand just a little bit of it and how those things work and how those people grew up to be what we are and now we wind up, you know, getting from them one hen, two ducks, three squawking geese kind of, there is a benefit to a history and knowing those weird things and nerding out on those
2: and and not just the history, but the current, right? What's what's trending in advertising? What's going on with the socials? What's happening with trades? What's happening inside of streaming platforms? All of those things are so essential to our ongoing longevity. Um, it really is an industry that it's evolve or die. Yes. It, and I and I've seen many many voice actors over my years fail to evolve
0: and not only and, that they're good talent they were good on the mic they did good reads mm-hmm. but they did not go deep enough into the other things that happen yeah. outside of the booth
2: or they just failed to embrace yeah the new new everything right new technology new new um new demands and that's that's really a huge problem i mean any business owner will tell you the only way to survive is to constantly adapt so yeah, uh, yep. we're no different
0: no we're not Speaking of, um, what are you seeing right now in the market with the, you know, the advent of generative AI, which, Mm -hmm, you know, all mm -hmm. us, all us VO educators are kind of tired of talking about, but we have to, Um, you know, what, what impact are you seeing in your business, in your flow uh, right now that's going on as we, you know, end 23?
2: Genuinely nothing. Um, interesting yeah. not a not a single not even a uh, like a like a yeah nothing because what i've said kind of from the beginning and i'm st- i'm going to stand by it still until i i have a reason not to ai is going to wipe out a lot of the cheap corporate one and done fast presentation work
0: yeah, that the, right co- now, the compliance bullshit. Yeah, that, yeah,
2: exactly. That right now, where is it being posted? Fiverr and Upwork. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the it's the less desirable platforms, the less desirable work anyway. Now, mm-hmm. what I believe as a result of that is there's going to be a purge. And we've seen this before. I remember this very vividly in... Uh, Between 06 and 08, when the market crash happened, Mm -hmm. there was a mass exodus where we we just kind of woke up one day and went, cool, there's (laughs) many thousands of you guys in the novice category or the very beginner category who are gone. Yeah. And we're going to see that again. And so I think the people who are the hobbyists voice actors, the ones who are trying to do it on the side or, you know, that kind of thing, they're going to disappear. And um, the people who are just reliant on, you know, a nice voice, that's going to go away. AI is going to take over a lot of that. But the things that still require heart, emotion, connection, uh, you know, things that have been written by a professional copywriter, they are still going to need us.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I hate to say it, kind of because I'm known in this world on YouTube as kind of a VO cheerleader but I agree with you um yeah. the, the the concept of the purge you know and I mean to all my viewers and listeners may the odds be ever in your favor
1: <laughs> but exactly.
0: um you know that's kind of that is what I'm seeing I am mm-hmm. starting to see that that low hanging fruit that uh, intro jobs that 20 dollars a pop YouTube video. Those are going to start to go away. But what we're seeing now is like you, I believe that this is, we're headed into the great winnowing and the ones that are going to survive are those who take this pursuit as not only a craft, but as an art form. And you lean on your art, you lean on your artistry, you lean on your ability to do everything that that AI can't do. And the one thing AI will never be able to do is have a spirit or a soul or whatever kind of woo-woo you want to put inside us meat bags. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, yeah. going to be that way.
2: I think so. I really do. And, and you know, yes, it's going to be a bit. We're going to see a sort of reverting, right, back to the artistry, back to the acting, back to the need for a much deeper skill set rather than just, hey, I have this studio and I speak really well and I read really well.
0: Yeah, I talk goodly. That's- Yeah, Yeah, that's
2: not going to be enough. No.
0: That begs the uncomfortable question.
2: (laughs) I enjoy uncomfortable Right, exactly. Let's get uncomfortable together. Yeah, absolutely.
0: If if somebody asked you right now, if they Mm. came to you and said, Gabby, is it a good time to get into this business? I've got the equipment. I've got the time. I've got the inclination. I'm willing to do what it takes, they say. Would you advise somebody to roll the dice and try to get into this industry right now?
2: I will never dissuade somebody who checks all the boxes that you just mentioned, ever. Mm -hmm. My one caveat, however, is what do you bring to the table that is unique or different? Because, like, again, business mind first, competitive analysis, right? If there are already five thousand of you out there vocally if you have a very similar voice print to a slew of other people maybe not right maybe now is not the time um but if you can find where you bring something unique something interesting um something that's a little bit different absolutely you know and this is the time for it, right? We're only going to see more and more demand for accented speakers, foreign speakers, for um, d- various ethnicities and ethnic groups. We're going to see more and more requests for non-binary talent. We're going to see, you know, and, and this is going to be this really cool expansion um, of the industry in, in, in diversity, where, and we've already kind of seen it. It's already started, obviously, but uh, I've been saying for the better part of a decade that, you know, the typical 40 year old white guy doesn't really. Yeah. have as much of a stronghold on this industry as he used to
0: i agree entirely you um,
2: like guys like you yeah that category that was the majority when i got started that's all there was it was sure. just a sea of 40 year old white men yep you know and now everybody's kind of like um mm, well yeah we that's have. so 1992 yeah. really yeah, we have enough of you yeah, yeah. and so- i
0: and i do and I feel that, you know, I am, I, I couch myself as an everyman. I am not some sonorous, fantastic voice. I'm not a big voice guy. Um, I, you know, where, where I make my bread and butter is mm. with my authenticity, being an authentic person voice that's got acting training and understands flow and modulation and intonation and putting a little spin on just one syllable things like that
2: yeah, just what just i yeah able what i been sound like a human that you would g- meet at a at a you know a mutual acquaintance with friends or that you'd have a beer with or that you'd you know sit down and go to a movie with somebody that just comes across as very relatable and very genuine
0: i am just i i sell myself as just that guy not mm-hmm. not stereotyped, but very accessible. And that is something that I, I agree with you. I think that's gonna become special. What I've been telling people is you're you're right. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when indie VO at home really kind of blew up, mm-hmm. um, there there was more work for the traditional kind of announcery stuff that I Absolutely. used to do. That really at the millennium started dying away. You know, I mean, my watermark for that. Uh, is always um, the when Sprint started with the, do you hear me now, pin drop thing. Mm -hmm. We suddenly shifted over shortly after the millennium to a very common conversational read. And I mean, for the better, I would argue.
2: I think it's great that you bring up Sprint because (laughs) something I find myself telling people all the time is look at what the cell phone providers are doing. Mm-hmm. Look at what the insurance companies are doing. Right. So if you, if we can kind of lump right now, um, State Farm and uh, AT&T and T-Mobile mm. into this little ball where if you start assessing their actors, their on camera actors and their voice actors, that's the that's it. The 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 um, connective thread is that they're just so damn approachable and easygoing right jake from state farm is a hero like right you know people love him flow from progressive right there's a reason these characters now have such longevity yeah um and we don't see that going anywhere in fact companies are trying to figure out how to create more of them
0: yeah to do a similar thing and that is the thing that is becoming the hook. That is the thing that is becoming uh, the, the difference maker. What I've been telling people now is, you know, back when we started, when we got into this, a lot of it was, I can do that too.
1: You know, mm-hmm. you hear somebody
0: and you go, I can do yes. that too. I can do that too. Now has to be replaced with, I can do this and you can't. Somebody else can't. Not necessarily by way of niche, but approach. Why do I sound different from anybody else? Why do I sound, why do you want to hire me with a, with a, with a, uh, you know, a focus right setup and uh, a $300 mic versus somebody talking into a 416 that's been doing this longer than I am because I I am approachable. I am different. I sound unique. That's such a
2: great way to look at it. I, Yeah. Gold star for that one. Oh, thank you. Hey,
0: all right. Let's let's
2: bullet that. Let's tweet that. Let's, you know, yeah. And and,
0: and that's where we got to go. And I think it holds hands with this artificial intelligence phenomena that we're experiencing right now, where now we have to. I've got this analogy, and my viewers and listeners are probably sick of hearing this, but it works. So guess what? It's back. Um, You know, when when you and I were kids. (laughs) And we were buying pickles, or our mom and dad were buying pickles. We had an embarrassment of pickle choices. Come the 90s, we now were pared down to like three, Vlasic and, you know, a a couple others. But then, towards the millennium, you go to a farmer's market, and there's some dirty old hippie sitting there going, try my artisan pickle. And you try it, and it's much better. And the guy wants $5 for a jar instead of $1 Mm -hmm. for a jar. He... Yes. is going back and selling you something unique. It's a unique experience. It's a unique taste. What we need to do in our industry up against artificial intelligence is find that angle that says, but I'm doing this. My humanity is the thing that makes this better.
2: Tis bespoke. Very and good. Yes. Yes. And it, it does. It makes a huge difference. This is also why I'm such a stickler with people about their branding and their mm. marketing efforts and what are you saying about yourself? How are you presenting yourself? Because if you're doing this in a if you're if you're generic, mm. yeah, right, the pickle on the shelf in the grocery store. It's yeah, not you're the work. you're
0: the Nallies.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. never gonna happen. But if you really are curating something. That is, yeah, again, that artisan, oh, my God, people flock to it. They love it.
0: Right? And just, you know, make sure you wash first before you get on a video call with somebody. Nobody likes to deal with a dirty hippie. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's true. I mean, I don't know. Some people do. I, you Uh, know.
0: I'll, I'll, love to them. I'm a, I'm a lax hippie. I, I really am. I got to admit.
2: Um, I'm a, I'm a hippie until the patchouli comes out. Then I'm like, oh, okay. I'm just, yeah. Right, I've, right. I've
0: breathed in enough nag champa in my life that I don't, I don't really need to go back there. Um, we touched upon this a little bit and I want to get this in on the first half before the break. Okay. Last time I checked, you're, you're a female type person. I believe
2: so, yes. Right. Yes. Yeah,
0: exactly. We need to do some kind of check here. Um, what are the, what are, you know, again, we were talking that this was a male dominated industry. If we're being fair and honest, it probably still is a male dominated industry. What are some of the unique experiences of being a female, self identified female mm. in home VO? today, or VO overall, but I'm really kind of talking about, you know, what we do in our little booths. What did, what are some of the things that some dumb, for lack of a better way of saying it, testosterone laden person like me, what do I not know about your experience as a VO professional? Uh,
2: Okay. So.
0: <laughs> we got all the time in the world. I can make this a three-part episode if we need to.
2: <laughs> I think... The first thing, the thing that I, I encounter more than anything, is that when people find out I'm a voice actress, they immediately, and I know this counts for men as well. We all sort of see this to an extent. They, they, you know, immediately, what kind of voices do you do? And what kind of goofy stuff do you do? But when I look at them and I say, Yeah, that's not really me. I don't, I don't do a lot of goofy silly people hire me because they want a brand voice or a message that is serious and genuine and and, and relatable and people sort of cock ahead to that they're like what do you what do you mean because they still expect that it's going to be a man to present serious information they don't think yeah they don't
0: think you have the ability to bring weight
2: Right. To what you're saying, yeah, gravitas, whatever you right, want to call yeah, it. Right, yeah, exactly. They always mm-hmm. expect
0: that you're going to wind up doing, you know. Oh, you do? You do a Powerpuff Girl, you know, kind yeah. uh, of. it's going
2: to be either something really cutesy, um, or you know, it's what I would classify as like a hard sell, over the top, you know, um, right type of commercial presentation and OTT
0: like, kind of mm-hmm. hype thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you um, get? Do you get anything? By way of business interaction, is there are there landmines there?
2: The I think the the ones that I've experienced, and I'm going to tread carefully here. Mm. It's on the tech side. Mm. Um, I have been mansplained things about my studio more times than I can Oof. count.
0: Yeah, okay. and I'm just
2: sort of like, okay, all right. I've been, I've been, I've been running this since before you were born.
1: Right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah.
2: I needed, I needed to know that Mr. You know, 20 year old. Right. Wholesale graduate. Yeah. Um. So that, and that still happens. That still happens even with clients that I've had for many years. You know, if they I don't know, uh, just yesterday, right. There was a huge source connect outage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That affected a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And that's a rarity like that doesn't
0: happen. No, there, that's a pretty bulletproof platform.
2: Yeah. I there was some little hiccup I was having with Source Connect. It took all of maybe a minute and a half to fix and to get the session underway, but the engineer felt it necessary to go out of his way to explain to me Explain how the platform explain it works. to the
0: girl. Yeah. And I'm like
2: what in the uh, hell is happening here? Um so, yes, I, I feel like there's a lot of that. Um, I also see where we do have a lack of women in the engineering chair, in the editing and post-production chair.
1: Hmm. It's getting
2: a little bit better. Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of like when I was a producer, I was a unicorn. Right. There, you know, every once in a while, I'd meet another female who produced audio and I'd be like holy shit. Right. Um we there's more of us for certain, but and this is again across the board processing. Um how the voice is handled, what the end result sounds like. Sometimes it's a little scary. I can I can pretty easily tell when the final product was processed the same way we process our male voices.
1: Hmm.
0: Okay, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, you know, if, uh, you know, for me as a VO educator, a lot of times uh, one of the things that I point new talent to is you know, look at things that are deployed already. Look at things that are already mm-hmm. bought and paid for by somebody. Yeah. Because what you benefit from right now the most is knowing what right sounds like. That's something somebody already paid for and is deployed. So that's a good model. But I think what you bring up is fascinating and that is, there's a distinctly different approach to treating a female presenting voice versus a male presenting voice. Just by the fact that the vast majority of your voice lives in the 2,500 to 4,000, 6,000 hertz. And people like me, we're down in the in the 12s yes. and 2,000s. Yes. And our sibilance is different. And our labial dental fricatives are different and all this shit. And if you treat it the same you're going to wash away a lot of what makes your voice unique as a female presenting narrator.
2: Absolutely. So um, a mission of mine for a while, I'm still kind of working on it behind the scenes, has been to um, bring together a sort of super team of women, engineers, myself, you know, maybe another voiceover coach, specifically to help consult women on their studio sound and what's going to improve it and make it the best that it can be. I I mean, and I love, I love our tech experts, right? Tim Tippetts. I love him. I want to squish him. I want to hug him and just kiss his face. Yeah. I mean, like he's amazing. And I used him. Um, George, Widom, same thing. Oh, absolutely. I love these guys. Yeah. But, but every so often, you know, I I run across, well, you know, I was told to get a TLM 103 and I'm like, "Mm, it ain't working for you, honey. No and it's you know so there's there's a lot of little things there the fascinating conversation too i'm going to bunny trail a little okay. bit i read an article just um, day before yesterday in the washington post about bernie can't mm-hmm. remember last name but i grew up with this person as the voice of the new york city Metro, MTA, right? The transit system. I know the
0: story you're talking about. Talk about warming my heart. Oh, my God. Oh, my God.
2: I was like, this is incredible. So Bernie has come out as trans and is now transitioned to a woman. Same name, just short for a different uh, Bernadette now. Yeah, Yeah. And the article included... Vocal samples? Yes, before after. and you know, guy voice, Bernie, you know, was right? how, you know, it was kind of presented. She was very specific about going, this is my guy voice. But what I found fascinating was Bernie was still like, hey, I yeah, I'm still going after work as a as a man because right? I have my guy voice. No different <laughs> than the way female uh, voice actresses play little boys. Right. This is freaking brilliant. It's
0: another tool in your bag. You're not going to just dump the thing out. That's been paying your bills.
2: And you know what? There's such a movement, right, in the trans community to um, feminize the vocals and to change the vote or gender identify the vocals, either, either gender, whatever, that it didn't dawn on me. I was like, right. That's the smartest thing from a business standpoint. It is so brilliant. Sure. Sure. Personally, it might be a little odd. It might, you know, there might be some conflict there, but holy crap.
0: And that's all thing. you know, that's to each their own regarding their comfort level. I actually had on, uh, in my first season, I had uh, VO coach Kylie Wayne on, who who concentrates as a trans person, who concentrates on helping people in their transition to whatever gender expression they want, maximize yeah. that aspect of their voice and the little things that you can add, even if you're not a trans person talking and, and and getting your head around the trans experience or the gender nonconforming experience mm-hmm. to, to, to go, well, I bet you I can use that to soften my delivery as a male narrator when I'm doing a female presenting voice in an audiobook or you know so many things. Tools are tools and just as long as you, just as long as you use them with with a sense of dignity towards the people then it's not appropriation you're just doing the thing.
2: Um tools are tools and vocal cords are vocal cords right. so you know do learn yeah learn everything you can I mean this is one of the reasons I recommend people take singing lessons even if they can't sing Yeah because you will learn so much about your vocal placement about your breathing about you know it's, Yeah it's, learn where yeah. your
0: diaphragm actually oh is Oh my god right
2: Um and you know jumping off you know from there and in, into other uh areas it's so fascinating right now. Again, this is this diversification of the industry and how it's growing. But like I remember, what seems like a million years ago now, um, and I've moved away from it because it it hasn't been relevant anymore. But I had a very specific marketing and branding message where I basically presented myself as bitchy, <laughs> and that was that was the crux of my marketing. Go Everybody with what you know. Like, who are you? Bingo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean that with
0: love um, no and respect, jar- by the way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the, the purpose of it was the fact that there was right this sea of women doing soccer mom and doing, you know, sweet. and And I went, no, yeah. that's not me. And the biggest driving force behind it. And one of the things I was railing against was sexy. I didn't mm. want to do the stereotypical radio sexy read. I was I was just over it. And I still sure. had to do it for some of my imaging stations. But that was the big thing. In commercial, I really wanted to reject that. And it it worked really well. But interestingly, one of the things I had to do was change a lot of my placement mm. to make that possible. So I more, even... more
0: front of mouth?
2: more front um, more a little bit more guttural um mm. you know I I have a vocal fry yeah. now later in life that I don't think I, I didn't have when I was younger now right. age plays a part in it for sure, sure but I also think it's because of where I sort of trained myself to place and it's fascinating how you know that evolves um and I know it, I'm not alone in this a lot of women in this industry are like oh my god I'm tired of just it, it some of the casting is being so narrow.
0: It's like every single yeah, you know, we're right in the fat of the season, right? This show is coming out right before Halloween. Um, it's it's the phenomena of the sexy version of every single stupid Halloween costume, the sexy yeah. nurse, the sexy. I mean, really all guys have, thanks to my uh my shared namesake Andrew Scott from Fleabag. You know, the, we got sexy priest, and, you know, but you get y'all got sexy nuns and sexy housekeeper, and I don't know sexy sex, chicken. Se- I've seen it right. all. Like, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's really ridiculous. It, and that always kind of bothers me, not to sound woke, but uh proudly woke, by the way. And And here's my snowflake tattoo for everybody who says something bad against that. This idea that when it comes to gender presentations and the voice, the default concept for a woman is that of sexy. It's never empowered. It's never knowledgeable. It's never authoritative. It always dumbs down into this idea of the sexy voice.
2: I um, modeled my early career after Randy Thomas. like a lot of women did in my era because she was it. She was the voice. Right. It was Randy was the goddess. I mean, that was it. She, and, but Randy never sold her soul like that. No. She, there was integrity. I mean, she was doing hard copy and like, I just feel that my voice is very at home in a news environment. I
0: feel really blessed to be a part of that team. Um, I'm the first woman in its 38 year history. You know, people go back to Ted Koppel, the original guy, and
2: and it was a man's world. So when you ask me where I fit, I like doing things that have been traditionally done by men up until, you know, I get in the room. And then I I get to allow the other women to come in through the door behind me. Intense news stories, and I was always like, yeah, like that's the kind of shit we should be doing. Hell yes. Still, I still get a little icky now when I hear demos that have been produced for people where there's, you know, there's like if, if for 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 a woman's demo, it's like, oh, we have to have a makeup commercial, or oh, we right. have to have something. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why does that have to be the there? producer? Like, immediately Sosiness. starts dumping on the
0: sexy sauce. You yeah. know?
2: Yeah. I'm like, cut it out. That's not it. now. If somebody wants that great if that's Different. what you're going for yeah. do it but i but that is a discussion that should be had with the individual voice actor about how you want to be perceived and how you want to be presented
0: agreed and with that we're going to jump to a quick break this is the Narrowband broadcast network i am andrew scott that is gabrielle Nistico, and this is booth to booth we'll be back on the other side of this break don't go anywhere bye
1: Booth to Booth is brought to you in part by Boothstuff.com, the home of the world's most unique
0: VO casual fashion and swag. You know, this thing that we do is pretty unique. So, slap on a Boothstuff t-shirt that tells the world, or, you know, your cat, that being in a tiny room by yourself is where you truly belong. Shirts, hats, pants, mugs, and more. Well, not a lot more. Actually, that's pretty much it. Anyway, Booth Stuff is the one and only home for vo swag that lets the world know what you do with that mouth of yours. So head on over to BoothStuff.com and get something that shows the world who you are and what you love to do. BoothStuff.com. Loud and proud. And hello and welcome back to Booth the Booth, the big little show all about VO. I'm really proud of myself because quite often my fat lips get in the way. When I do that, I'm Andrew Scott and I am speaking today with probably one of my favorite VO educators who really guided me into this business as well, Gabrielle Nistico, the gift of gab and I author are. of a bunch of things and stuff and you do wonderful things as a wonderful person and um Oh, thank you. oh no, thank you again. This is really a treat. But we're going to start getting into the weeds with a few things. Um Okay. So I got some questions here from my uh Bootcamp Discord server and from some people on Reddit and one of the questions comes from my uh my Reddit friend uh Bruce Almighty and he asks if you had to start again today from scratch, what's the one main thing that you would do different about getting into VO?
2: Damn it, Bruce.
0: Right? Cutting no, Bruce right yeah, it. Bruce goes holy, deep.
2: Holy shit. <laughs> oh my god. Um I have I have actually said this before on other uh platforms. There's there's two answers to this. Fair enough. One I would check my ego at the door.
0: Okay, and, yeah,
2: and stop thinking that I know as much as I thought I did because I fucking didn't.
0: <laughs> Amen.
2: You know, I came out of radio like I'm hot shit, and everybody right. went,
0: "Yeah, damn right. little girl." I was yeah. like, Fuck,
2: <laughs> "The hell!" Like, I mean, literally, it was just like, um, you know, I mean, it was like when you watch your dog sort of. You know, step on a puppy and just kind of hold it down right. and go like, "You're not, uh, you're not winning nah, this." No, son, but,
0: it's not your time Yeah,
2: yet. <laughs> no, not for you. No. And so I went through years of that. Mm. Um, and the other is just shut the fuck up and listen more.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Like, yeah.
2: and I, and they are they're very related, but literally, I I just feel like there were undoubtedly opportunities or things that I missed out on. Because I was either overeager, or because I didn't want to look like I didn't know
0: oh, what I was doing, yeah.
2: or I didn't want to admit that I didn't, I didn't understand. Yeah,
0: I think that I think your last point is probably the one that I lean on the most. It is mm. okay to not know what you don't know. And what I've found business wise, like you said, if you don't listen to particularly a prospective client, if it, I mean, there's always going to be sometimes where the communication creates a rub between you and an established client. Mm-hmm. But if you're not listening to what a prospective client is telling you, you're shooting yourself in the fill in the body part. Because mm-hmm. one of the things that they use to make their buying decision is how much are my needs being attended to by the person who I'm going to trust with my message and my brand. And if they don't feel that you're truly listening to them and and willing to say, you know what? I don't actually know the answer to that, but let me get in touch with somebody who does. And that right there will buy you so much grace with people. There'd be like, Wow, you have enough humility that you don't know something, you're going to go learn it on my behalf to provide for my brand. That closes deals right there. Mm-hmm. That gets you work.
2: Yeah. It really really does. And you know, yeah. So if I if I could go back, um I you know, slap 18 19-year-old Gabby around and go, "What are you doing? Shut up. Like just, just listen. Listen, listen, listen to me people." <laughs>
0: Yeah. They're telling you they're and and a lot of times what I'll, I'll explain it is they're giving you the keys to the car. They are giving you exactly what you need to know how to shape your approach to them, their business, their brand. All you got to do is listen and respond, and they will yeah. fall in love with you.
2: I get a um, I get a little twisted satisfaction nowadays because I can spot. A version of me and my students Mm. from a mile away oh yeah and you know the minute they they either get a little bit defensive about criticism or you know i but i i I know those little telltale signs and i'm like i'm gonna break you down (laughs) that's right i'm gonna do this i got you because because that's it because i so badly want to get through and I understand. I understand, you know, where their head is and where they're coming from. And it's funny because I'll, every now and then I'll have another coach go, you know, this person was kind of difficult to work with. I'm sending them your way, and I'm like, come on, right, come on, step yeah. up, yeah. Because because it usually is. It's just it's ego, it's fear, it's yeah. And and it's just once we start to really address those and and wipe them out, we get somewhere. Then we yeah. can make progress.
0: Yeah, it's the difference between do you want to feel good or do you want to be good? Because being good insists that not every single time you get to feel good. Mm -mm. That brings me to the next question. Um, My uh, Discord user, Philip asks, pick one to go first, VO coaching or traditional acting classes?
2: Traditional acting classes.
0: You are technically correct. The best kind of correct. Right.
2: Absolutely. Like, I, I, yeah, I tell people all the time. Um, so I turn away more students than I take because, yeah, the f- very first thing I tell them once I've had a chance to kind of talk and, and get a sense of what's going on, I'm like, OK, have you ever taken an acting class? If the answer is no, I'm like, that's your start point. Yep. I don't even want to talk to you.
0: Come back to me. Yeah. Come back yep. to me. Yeah.
2: Yep, I'm like, go do community theater, go volunteer, do the church nativity, whatever. <laughs> There's, take your pick.
0: The, the world is your oyster that way. And it doesn't cost a lot of money and you will get so much return on that time investment. It's crazy.
2: And I think even more importantly, is it weeds out the people who are like, well, I didn't want to be an actor. Like, Why are you
0: here? Right? Yeah. It's this idea that this idea that. I, and again i uh, boy i beat this drum almost more than anything else even if you're doing commercial even if you're doing a a 15 second stinger or a pre roll if it's not words coming out of your own brain through your pie hole you're acting mm-hmm. you are acting us commercial mm-hmm. uh, you know over the top guys we're acting everybody's yeah. acting Everybody. so if Everybody. you don't have some foundation there or some experience about that. You are missing out a huge slice of the pie that makes you valuable as a talent
2: completely. and I and I I, you know, I always, what you just said and and knowing that we have that in common, that's how I um, determine what coaches I align with and who I consider to be an ally and a friend in that mission to help the next generation it is the people who go yeah have you taken an acting class yet no okay bye bye you come back to me Mm -hmm. i might hear from you in six months or three years or never but that's fine because i don't want your money until you know what the hell at least something more than what you know now um and to me it's admirable I, i i don't um you know the the coaching crowd that i that i run with we don't need The coaching income. We don't do you know what I mean? We have not quite often it interferes
0: with our real income.
2: Yeah.
0: It it does. It sucks up. I got I got two less days a week to be cranking stuff out. Yeah. And I love doing it, but you're right. I'm the same way. I will respect a coach so much more if they say no to your money in order to get you to do the order of operations that we all know by way of experience works best.
2: truly and I mean when I when I hear people just kind of like oh just take this class dude I'm like, oh God no here we go again because it, it it's predatory it's um it's misleading and and don't get me wrong you know maybe there's a small percentage of people that that actually it works out for them that way but as you think, it's pretty small.
0: And I think one of the things, you know, again, for me, I focus my coaching and my education on people who are curious about this, who are just sticking a toe in. Mm-hmm. And I'm pr- I'm priced commensurately. But one of the things that I often tell people, aside from the fact when I do my interviews with them, I was like, I make you absolutely no promises. And if any voiceover coach promises you anything other than a smile, run from them. But where, where this goes is, If you get anything out of the time that you spend with me, if one of those things is I need to go and experience something else with another coach or with an acting class or just taking more time to fall back and really truly consider this as a profession and a pursuit and an art, then I've done my job. And I think that you probably have gotten your money's worth out of me. I would much rather people try and go, it's not for me, or try and go, you know what? I need to do this first. Rather than, okay, go get yourself uh, an AT2040, uh, you know, wrap your your bedroom in mattress toppers and, you know, learn the basis first. And the basis of this, no matter what you're doing, even if you're narrating the rise and fall of the Roman Empire, volume 12, it's acting, it's delivery, it's connection. And if you don't take time to learn how to connect with somebody, you're... You're already lost. You really should, you know, I don't know, take up Minecraft streaming on Twitch, you know? <laughs> and I mean, I say true. that with respect to all my Twitch friends, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I know,
2: but it's but it's so, so true. It really is. It really is. And, um, yeah, There's there's so much better things that people could be doing with their time if they really... <sighs> here's the thing and we all know this right now every single one of us every coach we're dealing with this in some way there's far too many people right now who are like well i bought the gear i bought a microphone and i have a student i'm like why
1: Mm why
2: would you do that you don't you don't know how to use it you don't like and and they're baffled that that's my my approach and i'm like no You could put it all back in the box and return it right now as far as I'm concerned because you're nowhere near ready for that.
0: That's like going out and buying all the paints and the easel and the brushes and the wig and the only thing you've ever done is watch Bob Ross. Yes. You know, that's why, that's Bob Ross's gig, (laughs) you know? So uh, I'm complete concordance with you. I would much rather people spend a lot more time researching, a lot more time digging. How much of this though, And I know your answer, but I'm giving you the opportunity to be the presenter on it. How much of this do you think is pandemic driven? How much of this do you think is I had that, you know, that stimulus check and I needed to figure out something to do in lockdown?
2: Yeah, I think that there is definitely a large percentage of that. No doubt. But there's also a large percentage now of, you know, and we've always seen this, people who don't like their job, people who don't like what they do for a living. And they look at us and I mean, baby jelly, we kind of love this shit. You know, um, they want that fulfillment. They want that same sense of accomplishment. And right now, it's just too goddamn cheap and easy to go up on Amazon and buy a package.
0: Well, and even more so now that we're on the back end of this pandemic that's not done with, by the way, kids, go get your shots. Is yeah, all those people that went out. How many, how many SM7Bs were sold in the pandemic? How many Scarlet Solos oh flew God. out the door? And you know what, kids? Now is a great time to go buy a microphone on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. yeah, um, and and I say that literally after we're done here, I need to get up and go buy a microphone off of Craigslist because it's a I can't say no. Um I um
2: I I constantly, I scour, you know, guitar centers, used uh, gear. I'm always looking at stuff like that because it's amazing how much of it has hit the market.
0: Why buy new when used will do. You know, definitely not a whole lot of moving parts in a microphone. <laughs>
2: not really. And I mean, as long as it hasn't been abused or taken on the road by a bunch of musicians, I think you're fine.
0: You know, that's, that's true. And as a former musician and roadie, I can attest to the fact that tour microphones are revolting. <laughs> they are so abused mm-hmm. as we wrap up here, Gabby, um, let's do some crystal balling. Um, and that came out slightly inappropriate, but I promised you that, uh, when we were talking, um, what do you think 24 is going to be for the industry? Uh, the industry is in such a weird place right now and this winnowing oh, yeah. and, and all that. What are you kind of seeing in the future in this next calendar year by way of AI and the market and all yeah. this other business?
2: So like we were talking about earlier, definitely a bit of, of whittling down. I think we're going to lose a lot of the uh, lower budget gig economy type jobs and talent subsequently Mm -hmm. um i think we're gonna see a pretty large influx in two areas of the industry one commercial Mm -hmm. which people are always like well how can that be because it's already so big but it's mainly because the streaming platforms are finally (laughs) Admitting defeat. Yeah. And realizing that they have to operate like traditional broadcast if they intend to continue to operate. Right. And so realistically, we're headed in. I had a long conversation about this just a couple weeks ago with a friend of mine who's not even in voiceover. We're rapidly moving in a direction where streaming is going to be exactly like cable. And there's going to be blocks and commercial break. And it's just going to exponentially create that much more content.
0: Everything old is new again.
2: (sighs) Yep, always. And um, the other is dubbing. And there's been a lot of buzz around that. Mm. Foreign content and foreign um, everything from TV shows to movies to documentaries that are finally being imported into the U.S. because the U.S. audience has Kind of gone. Oh, they're, that's, they're making some good stuff. And that's it's like something yeah. we
0: got from the pandemic. How many people suddenly are like, I apparently love Korean soap operas,
2: right? And <laughs> you like, know exactly, like Squid
0: Games, right? Like all of these things. I mean, you've you've so watched all good. of Bake. You've watched all of Bake Off. Now what am I going to be able yeah. to do? And yeah. it's suddenly yeah. And I have a, a really good friend of mine, Morgan B. Keaton, who runs a Loop and a Walla group down in California, Mm, who, who, yeah, who was saying, busier than we've ever been.
2: It's only going to keep happening. And I still find that fascinating because I'm like, I don't know why this country is so freaking lazy. Everyone else on the face of the planet will simply watch the subtitles. Sure. We... If we don't hear it in English, we're not happy.
0: I think it's because I, we're distractible. Yeah, I think, you know, I I, I I am one of these people. I am one of these people where I, uh, uh, lifelong Doctor Who fan, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, love Peter Capaldi to death. Love the Scottish brogue. Have to watch his episodes with subtitles on because... What would that be if you thought about it? I just, what are you saying? Yeah, you
2: well, that's, that's very specific and I it's get that. A bit, a bit, Yes. I'm super guilty of and this is me watching television. Right. <laughs> and people going, Are you watching? "Yeah, huh Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. no, I but mm-hmm. what I'm really doing is I'm listening. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually watching. And so I know if it has subtitles, I have to be completely distraction-free. Yeah. That's rare.
0: That's an investment of yeah. of of time and mental capital that a lot, Absolutely. a lot of Americans are not willing to. To, They're, not. To do.
2: They're not. So as a result, we get a shitload of dubbing work. <laughs> there you Yay! go. Hey, I
1: was just going
0: to say, if it rains on, on some of us, that's fine by me.
2: Ill too, to pick up. And oh, yeah. And, and then, care. you know, that's
0: another thing that I've been pointing people to. And, you know, to be fair and to the listeners and viewers out there, um, dubbing and walla and looping are their kind of their own special little world and admittedly it can be really hard to get in. I'll put a link to my uh episode with Morgan Keaton up there and you can learn a little bit more about it. But here's another opportunity for for beginning VO interested people. If you can get into a group like that, even mm-hmm. if you're dealing uh, like, you know, on um Casting Call Club and you get into a dubbing practice group with people, that is a great way to Cut teeth, get some chops under you in in an adjacent field that starts giving you real world practice on something that you can market. You know, you don't need to own all the microphones. If you go to a a dubbing group or a looping group, you're around two or three microphones and you just show up and essentially do what you're told and get the experience.
2: Yeah, it's very
0: true. It's a great way to get in. As we wrap up here though, Gabby, what have you got going on right now in the future? You know, what are you doing by way of Gift of Gab, all that stuff, you know, hit everybody with all the places that they can go find Gabby.
2: So it's just more, more, more right now. Good. Um, I'm, I'm in the middle of a massive website overhaul that has been making me pull all the blue hairs out of my head. Right. Um. But yeah, it's, it's just one of those intense, like it, it's not a teardown exactly, but just, you know, Restructuring, making the site more user friendly, all that good stuff. Um, making classes more accessible. Um, so, so yeah, GabrielleNistico.com is is just full of all the things. Right, right. Um, the YouTube channel we're we're ramping up significantly. I used to only put out one video a month.
0: I see what three from you this week, right?
2: Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's at a point where what's happening is, of course, because content is king, we're driving more. Right. So and we're being asked to. So um, putting out more videos, striving for one long and like a couple of shorts throughout yeah. the week. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, I will be um, in two weeks at Anthony Pika's uh, AVO Journey conference, virtual conference. Um, I'll be speaking there. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see, what else? Um, I mean, those are, you know, those are kind of the the biggies right now. And if anybody
0: is interested in your commercial services, is that gabbynistico.com or is that the VO Vixen?
2: That's actually voiceover of that's, that's what yeah. I, I thought it was. Site. I kind of, I kind of keep right. them keep them separate just so it's not an overwhelming amount of information.
0: I've got seventeen email addresses on just this one computer. Everything <laughs> is compartmentalized and siloed. Yeah, but, yep. um, Gabby, thank you again so much for coming on uh, booth to booth with me. Uh, please do come back at some point in the future. But where can people find you on social media so that they can follow you?
2: Um, voice pretty much all my handles are either voiceover vixen or Gabrielle Nistico,
0: and so of course everything, it, all the relevance are going to be down here uh, underneath uh, the frame. But once again, Gabby, thanks so much, and happy Samhain and uh, a very wonderfully spooky uh, <laughs> vo. Halloween to you and you all. And again, everybody else, thank you very much for joining us on Booth to Booth. Do me a favor, if you got anything out of this video, as always, like, click, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Everything's down there. Go buy a t-shirt, man. Help keep me on the air. And until next time, everybody, I am Andrew Scott. That, of course, is Gabrielle Nistico. And this has been Booth to Booth. We'll see you in the booth, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: From the beautiful Pacific Northwest, this has been Booth to Booth with Andrew Scott. Booth to Booth is a narrowband broadcast network production in association with AndrewScottMedia.com. Andrew Scott, Executive Producer. Our theme music was written and produced by Ron Kajawa. Website design and maintenance by Vacano Creative. Christopher Vacano, Webmaster. Available at VacanoCreative.com. Audio and video production by Andrew Scott, available at andrewscottmedia.com. Got topic ideas, questions, or comments for the show? Email us at patchin at booth2booth.com or by simply clicking the link in the description. On behalf of host Andrew Scott, I'm Eric Murray. From our booth to yours, thanks for joining us. See you next time on Booth to Booth.
0: NBBN,
1: the narrowband broadcast network.
0: The focus is
1: on you.